Hello fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm really good, Andrew. Thank you for asking. Recording a little earlier than normal, so... So it's red beer time. So it's red beer time. Wait, you know, uh, I don't drink red beers anywhere enough. Uh, well, mate, I don't know if there's a, a, a limited or a minimum amount of red beers you need to drink, but uh, it's not something I, I drink very often, but it's super breakfasty and uh, I, it goes really well with coffee. I'm, it I'm does. double fisting it, here. And it feels, it to me, feels better than a Bloody Mary. You're getting that same flavor profile, but I like... I can have a red beer in the morning and not feel sluggish, but if I have a Bloody Mary or a mimosa, I'm oh, just, yeah. I'm a slug. We, I went to this place in Austin called Bangers, and they had um, a beverage they called a manmosa. A manmosa. It was like a liter of champagne and a splash of orange juice. <laughs> and I had it one time, and we lived like 60 miles north of Austin. I had it one time. And I, I full well knew my wife was driving, so we get done with brunch, and I get in the car, and I'm like, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> and I, I then woke up at home. Like, I just, I was just lights out. I And then I was useless the rest of the day. I, I don't know if I can attribute that to the, that it was a mimosa or that it was a liter of champagne. Yeah, it no, was champagne. so much. Champagne wrecks me, man. Uh, it gives me a headache. It makes me feel, like, drunk. Yeah, no, I certainly was. Uh to be expected but uh yeah no i i just i prefer i mean you're getting a light beer and some some of that nice spicy tomato juice flavor i brought a chipotle bloody mary mix it's it's good it's i mean obviously we we've spiked this a little bit with a little bit a little bit of extra tabasco tabasco but uh the the bloody mary mix just in and of itself is good yeah yeah pretty pretty tasty yeah i like it i've usually had these i think with uh just v8 or or something you know you put v8 in them and then you add a bunch of shit this is so much easier <laughs> glug 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 yeah. glug glug yeah that's, i dig it i like bloody mary mix for it because it's you're, that's the flavor you want anyway yeah so i wish i we did look for celery salt because it could use just a just a little touch of it but sorry man my cupboard sucks <laughs> it doesn't I, but i just have the things that i use regularly but <laughs> i don't have celery salt in my house if i if if we were at my house i would have pulled out some old bay because it's got enough celery in there that 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 would have been the the addition. You know, we're a Johnny's family. I think people use seasoning salt. You know, you're either Lowry's or Johnny's or Old Bay. I think that's my. I have Johnny's, but I think Old Bay is it's is like its own unique category. It's got that more seafood. Yeah, it's it, it's only for very specific application for me because Johnny's goes on everything, but yeah, Old I Bay Old Bay stays in the cabinet for specific application for like fish and for. I use it on chicken sometimes, and it's not in all the time. You ever use Lowry's seasoning salt? No, but I know of it, and I can't tell you why I don't buy it, and I buy Johnny's instead. I have I, no answer for you. I, so I've had the, the almost the same exact thought process about it in my head. Is that I wonder if it's a regional thing if we if we use Johnny's here and they use um, Lowry's somewhere else, Maybe. like other parts of the country. But you've lived other parts of the country. Yeah, but I've never examined people's pantries. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, that I mean, that would have been weird. Yeah. You, you know, the other one that we use with some frequency is Tony Chacheri's. Chacheri's? Chacheri's? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, well, it's a, uh, like, more of a Cajun seasoning salt, so it's uh, a little spicier, mm. um, but but super salty. I, I mean, all, all of those seasoning salts have 
I would prefer them to have, I think, about half as much salt as they do. Because then you can, you know, salt to, you know, you right. get, get the flavors and salt to taste, but they, they load it up. I think they want it to be an all-in-one for high blood pressure folk, but, or for aspiring high blood pressure folk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tony Chacheri's is the other one that I use pretty frequently and it's, it's good. I, I like it. It's, it's, I, we use it less since we've had kids. <laughs> are you familiar with Grill Your Ass Off? Uh-uh. So they are a company that do uh, spice mixtures specifically for like their 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 target demographic. Their marketing and branding is all around grilling, right? And they've got one that I like and and keep regularly at the house called Gunpowder, and it's just a pure black seasoning. And it's they they say it's for brisket and for beef and but I use it on everything. It's really smoky. It's got a little bit of salt to it. It's got, it's just, it's a really well, well designed spice mix. And they've got dozens uh, in their lineup of, you've put that on something we've had before and I'm blanking on what it might be. Jerky. Oh yeah. That's what it was on the jerky. Yeah. Tell us about your jerky because your jerky is Is unique. unique. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is like a, as I grew up, my mom always made jerky on the dehydrator. So when I, I don't know that I ever had, uh, like not ground meat for jerky until I was older. Uh, so my jerky method is taking ground. I use ground beef for it. Um, mix it up just like I'm doing burgers and season it. And I usually use a little bit of Worcestershire um, and then whatever I've got. So I, I use some gunpowder, some Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire. Worcestershire? Worcestershire sauce. There's a town in Massachusetts that I was in for a, for a bit of time a few years ago and they... Like, I remember talking to people about this, and I'd be like, Worcester. And they'd say, no, 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 Worcester. And I'd say, oh, oh Worcester. And We're saying no, no, thing. no, no, Worcester. <laughs> it's not a wo, it's a ruh. But I don't know if the sauce is pronounced the same way. I, I don't, don't even think they're spelled the same way. Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying when I, when I struggle through this word. A uh, little bit of brown sugar, onion powder, uh, garlic powder some cayenne some red pepper flakes and then i roll it out on it i put some wax paper on the on the countertop and i plop it down and i just work it out and then i put another piece of wax paper on top and i use a rolling pin and thin it out and then a pizza slicer and cut it into strips and then put it on my dehydrator for like 20 hours i, I mean i i don't think you can over dry it I, i've never experienced over drying it and then it's it's what i like about it is that it doesn't get stuck in your teeth you're not like ripping mm. at it it's like meat crackers well, listen, listening to you talk about it right now, it doesn't sound appealing to me. And listening to you describe it before you made it for me, it didn't sound appealing. It's so freaking good. It's easy to chew. It breaks up easily. It's, you're not like having to bite and rip at it like an animal. Um, it, and it's, it's uh, I mean, meat crackers, right? It, it, that's a, that's, <laughs> it's got a, a texture to it where... Unlike jerky, but it's still dried meat and it's yeah. it's easily chewable. It lasts. It. I want some more of that. Are you, are you making another batch? I typically make it during hunting season because I make many pounds of it. And then most of it I consume before it goes in my pack. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll, I'll just get it in the rotation. My, Sam doesn't like it because it means the dehydrator is out. Like in July, the dehydrator leaves its, leaves its storage place and hits the counter basically and runs until September. Because it takes a while to do. Oh, I do jerky. I do fruit. I do... I do food, like I take leftovers and I put it on the tray to dehydrate food um, so that it just goes into I either like a vacuum seal or a Ziploc bag to be able to rehydrate because um, I don't like to buy $9 
per serving, like per, per meal, dehydrated meals. Yeah. Even though they're good. Um, yeah. So that's what I do. It just runs constantly leading into period of time. And, then, and Sam doesn't like it being out. Uh, it takes up a lot of space on the counter. Well, what if you put it like on your on your uh, dryer or something? You that's have reasonable. A, you have a top load dryer or a front, mm, a front load. That's probably that, that would probably be. Then it's still you're gonna see it. You're not gonna forget about it. But yeah, that might be more reasonable. If you put it out in the shop or something, then... <laughs> it's yeah. Then it's definitely getting, getting outside out of mind. Yeah, but anyway, it sits out. Yeah, so I'll do some more jerky here soon because it's it's good. And I that's super uh, this year I made a couple spicy versions. I did. Um, I did a pretty good mixture of sriracha and uh, yellow bird habanero, and it turned out not as spicy as I'd like. I find that spice cooks out so fast. Like you gotta, you have to make something absolutely inedibly spicy, right? As a rub or as a or as a marinade to hold any of that heat through it. Um, but I mean, they, they turned out a little bit spicy when I tried the mix because I made this black paste to to work into the into the jerky of like sriracha of that yellow bird of some gunpowder uh everything and i i tasted it and it 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 immediately made my eyes water it was so spicy and i, was, I think i might have even texted you that this was melt your face spicy and then i rolled it out dehydrated it and it had just a little bit of punch left so i'm still working on how to how to maintain that heat yeah, we you know one of our first sort of spicy hot chicken or fried chicken ventures. I made a I made a premix, a rub that I thought that we're not going to be able to eat this because it was so it was so hot. And then I I think after we cooked it, it was eh, even the was, kids liked it. Yeah, that's right. The kids <laughs> yeah. ate it. Yeah, yeah, the little it, kids. It's not to say it was good or not good. It's not to say it wasn't good still. But it you got to heat cooks out so quickly and so completely that you just you gotta really really get it hot to well, I, I wonder if there are i wonder if there's heat that is less prone to cooking out because i i don't know i'm not i'm not advanced enough in my culinary exploits to know that but i know like when we, we use dry dry peppers those things lose 65 75 percent of their heat yeah in the cooking process maybe more than that yeah, I mean, in, in fried chicken, I did. Uh, I I breaded uh, cheese curds and extra flaming hot Cheetos. Boom, and it was good. It was good for the novelty, but it wasn't any more spicy than breadcrumbs. And I ended up using like half of my bag of extra flaming hot Cheetos. That's sad. So, I mean, it was good. It was it was a good experience, and I'm probably not going to continue to experiment with it to see if it maybe I was cooking them too hot, maybe I cooked them too long. I'm just going to bread them in breading. Uh, or like panko or something to say crispy, and then eat flaming hot Cheetos. Right, <laughs> right, because the Cheetos are so good. Oh, they're so good. The first time, I, the first time I saw them, I bought them. I, I was like walking down the aisle of a store, and I saw this black flaming hot Cheetos. It said extra flaming hot. I was like, hello, hello. You, where have you been all my life? You, you are for me. <laughs> and I got them, and I tried them. And swipe, I like, swipe right. Yep. What, wait, which way do you swipe if you want it? Right into my mouth. <laughs> swipe right into swipe my mouth in. yeah uh <laughs> and i i got him my nose ran a little bit and i was like oh oh where have you been my whole life um and then i tried them on cheese curds and it was a bit of a letdown at least i still had plenty of the bag left to eat so so yes or no lime with your cheetos i know it's controversial 
If I'm using chopsticks, yeah. But I had a guy that used to work for me who would uh, hot Cheeto dip in lime, and his fingertips, his like thumb, index, and middle finger were perpetually stained from <laughs> dipping it in the citrus. So I I like that. I like putting a whole crap load of Tapatio on um, like Cool Ranch Doritos. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like to use my hands for it because they get stained and they get nasty. And then inevitably I'm going to rub my eye or pick my nose. <laughs> and we're going to have, I'm I'm personally, nobody else suffers this, uh, but I'm personally going to have a, a, a rough time. There will be tears. Certainly. Hey, so the most important thing you'll ever learn on 40 and 20. This is a pro tip. And we're both pros. I think so. Cheetos are best eaten with chopsticks. No finger staining. No finger staining. The I mean, you can eat them right out of the bag. The chopsticks, the chopsticks get deep. So then you're also not getting staining on the back of your knuckles or up your wrist like a real animal. Because that's that's, right. that's my. And then I'm licking my. I look like a cat. I'm like licking off <laughs> Cheeto dust off my wrist. Is that Cheeto dust on your elbow? <laughs> like the like the commercials when he brings out the black light and everyone's covered in dust. <laughs> uh, yeah, chopsticks. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I. I didn't. I didn't make this up. I got this pro tip from someone else, but have incorporated it into my life, my everyday life. And uh, right, I'm now EDCing chopsticks. I know a lot of people eat popcorn with chopsticks too. I've never tried it. I mean, I think it's the same principle. Yeah, I mean, it keeps your fingers clean. And I have I have texture issues like with things on my hand. I absolutely hate gunk on my hands. Like what I I use. I wear rubber gloves when I do anything on the car. Like mm-hmm. I I. I don't like it. So learning, like incorporating chopsticks into my snack food habits has done two things. One, it's got my hands clean. Two, I find that I eat a little bit slower and potentially less. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit more deliberate process. Yeah. Because I can't just, you can't eat eight Cheetos off a chopstick. You can eat eight Cheetos out of your hand, which I think is the prescribed serving. Right. (laughs) It's the same thing with French fries, right? If you, you just dig into that mcdonald's box you can get like 12 of them i don't do that though i i uh i kind of squish it together and then i take bites of them like a like a burrito (laughs) i do i don't i just i don't like greasy fingers yeah i I like that i saw somebody doing it once and i was like how have i never thought of this so i just i tear the the wrapper apart and just eat it like a like a burrito that's wrapped <laughs> i want you could do like get one of those bamboo rollers and do like a nori french fry roll you know it would, it would i think be really good to make a sushi roll wrapped with french fries I, isn't that what i just said yeah no but include fish now i think Ooh. I, we're, we're stepping it up i'm taking your idea and I'm building and okay. growing it okay i think that'd be really good yeah i like where your head's at some spicy mayo uh like spicy tuna wrapped in french fries fuck man <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the store. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so, so maybe you're, you're a soft thumbs up on, on lime on your Cheetos. Oh, I, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's but but I, I require, I, I can't eat it by hand. Yeah. You, you know, I, one of my favorite snacks is those uh, Duros, the, Ooh, the wheels. Yeah. The, I, I don't know what they're made of. They're like delicious fried orange wheels made of some paste i think it's like a pork fat and wheat mixture that they fry and uh you you know if you ever go to a good a good mexican place they'll they'll sauce them they they put them in a plastic bag and douse Mm, them with sauce them shake the shit out of them and then you, you eat them with lime also a good a good thing to eat with chopsticks if you're so inclined 
but it's that sort same sort of uh that same sort of cracker f- fried cracker with with a wet sauce on it i, I really like it i, I and think they absorb the sauce so well and it just it just penetrates in there and it just gets delicious I dig it, man. I saw extra flaming hot funyuns the other day, and I did almost buy those. Why didn't you buy those? I already had extra flaming hot Cheetos. Oh, at at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not like in my hand, in my in my grocery cart. I had I had them together. Uh, I felt a little uncomfortable having both of them in my cart. You know, um, funyuns is one of those things. Uh, I ate them as a kid. I, I don't as a grown up. It's not something that I call myself a grown up. I, Which is only I don't eat them that regularly, accurate. but when I do, I I go ham on them. They are, I love them. I'm always self conscious about my grocery cart because when I was in college, <laughs> um, I was buying one of the like a package of Top Ramen because I like the ramen noodles. Like I, I like to either boil them or fry them, but I, I use them as a noodle base frequently and other things. But I was in the grocery store and I, they were like right by the front door, so it was one of the first things that I picked up. So I'm pushing this cart and it just has top ramen in there and this older gentleman he was probably in his 40s at the time maybe 50s he looked at me and he goes son you need to learn to cook and i took offense to it because i was like i'm not just like living on top ramen like take a look at my cart at the end of it but i'm still to this day always self-conscious about what is in my cart and when it's in my cart relative to like everything else that has already been added just because of that that one experience of this guy being like this kid can't cook like i don't know how he's lived this long right and the insinuation there is that everybody's judging you. I'm just the only one who is going to say something. Yeah, who's bold enough to. And I, I took offense to it because at that time, my my roommates and I, we did we did Friday dinners where we would uh, build like a three or four course menu. We'd do these really extravagant dinners, pair them with cocktails. Like we'd spend Friday afternoon cooking in this house that I lived in. And I just want to be like, dude, I, I'm certain I eat better than you. These are, I'm buying these noodles, like, because they're cheap, easy to make noodles. This, like, don't judge me. Yeah, you know, it, it's such a weird thing, right? Because I know you and I both, we cook a lot. I, we're probably the primary, uh, the primary chefs in our home. My, mm-hmm. Kim, Kim cooks a lot, bless her heart as well. But in terms of being creative and culinary, I think I'm the driving force in our house of, of that, of that exercise. I think it's probably the same in your house. Yeah. We're both, um pretty creative we we cook the same way we collect watches we want to know more and we we learn but i i can get down on a quarter pounder with cheese too or or cheetos with freaking lime on them um you, you know and we drink beer the same way we're both kind of beer snobs we love good beer and and this morning we're drinking I, some of the cheapest beer you can buy in, in our red beers uh yeah. you, you know there's an application for everything there's an application for everything and and being a being someone who's interested in something does not mean you have to be a snob. I mean, we, we jokingly refer to ourselves as watch snobs, but I've got a Timex, uh, you, you know, what do you call that watch? I'm wearing a Casio F91. Yeah, right? I, I mean, uh, we easy reader. I've got a Timex easy reader mm-hmm. uh, that I wear pretty frequently, and it's noisy and terrible and cheap, and it's a plated brass case, and I, I just kind of like it. Uh, it. I had it before I was really collecting watches, and... I would buy it again uh, for the 30 bucks or whatever I spent on it. So, you, you know, being you don't have to be a snob. Being a watch snob doesn't doesn't mean you have to be an actual snob about the way you 
collect it. And, and, and same with food, right? Being or, a food snob doesn't mean you can't eat the cheap, dirty shit if you enjoy it. Or openly judge some kid at the grocery store, yeah. too. Like, not just judge, because I judge people all the time. That's, like, probably my worst quality. <laughs> um, but I don't walk up to people and be like, hey, your your shoes are stupid. Like, you really chose to wear that to the grocery store. Like, no, you don't do that, because it's, it's, like, and what it's not like he said, hey, here's a cookbook. He just said, son, you need to learn to cook. It's like, dude, I'm, you don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Go away. And I, I didn't have the, obviously, if he said that to me now, I'd look at his card and be like, really? That's what you're you're buying and going to gonna tell me I'm doing something wrong? But I'm, you know, t- 10 years older, so. You should have done like a like a breakdance fight with him right then and there. I still probably would have lost that. You, you may have. He was he, 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 Did he look like he had the skills to pay the bills? <sighs> No, I I don't have any mem. I I only remember like the demographic of the guy. I don't remember what he looks like. I and you remember the feeling of shame. Yeah. That per- the years later yeah. still uh, uh, infiltrates your conversations. Well, you know, I I know these people love Cheetos, and but I I gather they probably didn't didn't tune in. Do Do you want? Do you think maybe we should get to our main topic? Maybe. Yeah. As you pour me, as we're as we're making another another series of red beer here, so yes, apologize sir. the uh, the dripping noises. Yes, so the, these red beers, we're we're gonna spike these with Tabasco. If if you're not having your red beers as hot as you can possibly stand them, you're doing it wrong. I, think. I want my lips to tingle. Yeah. yeah, and my lips are tingling actually right now. Yeah, just 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 the right amount, and we're stirring with a chopstick. Chopsticks. Look at, look at us. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe we need to uh, maybe we need to to do an episode on the best chopsticks. I don't know if I if I'm qualified to have that conversation. Yeah, no, I'm I'm certainly not qualified. We'll uh, we'll get into our main topic uh, today. In the spirit of the holiday season, we decided to take a break from our typical uh, watch centric and talk mostly today about other things we like, um, primarily because. I imagine you're the same way, but I am terrible to shop for mm-hmm. because I just buy the things that I want. Uh, so come Christmas time, I have usually spent the entire year buying the things that I want and like anyway, uh, and it makes me incredibly difficult to shop for. And I would venture a guess that uh, there's a lot of people out there who are the same way. So what we wanted to do was pitch a couple ideas, uh, share a couple things that we either own, that we've used, or things that, that we're pretty close to buying for ourselves anyway. Um and uh and go from there just give give some folks some ideas this is in no way endorsed this is just our typical conversation of things that we like and yeah we're um, not affiliate affiliate marketing here uh although it it, it may it, it, you may you may be inclined to think we're we're trying to hawk wares we're not we're not making any money on any of this stuff although anybody who's listening if you're an owner of one of these companies please reach out because we'll take your money yeah, or just your thing. I don't need money for it. I just want the things that are on this list. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, what, what do you what do you have to start with? So our ground rules were fifty dollar under gifts, because um, I think that's a that's a. I think we both agreed that that's a pretty reasonable price point. Yeah, that's, fifty ish or under. Yeah. And I I think we have stuff that goes all the way from twenty to to. I've got one that's probably just over. Yeah, and so that's that was the premise of our of our uh, Christmas lists for this year, uh, and I cheated right off the bat. I chose something that is something that I've been interested in. I'm looking at it for several months. It's called Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post. Yes. Okay. Um, and it is a 
online subscription monthly monthly subscription uh, variety box. Um, and the nice thing about it is that you don't. I've never bought one, but I'm still subscribed. So every month, I think it's the first three days of the month, you can come in. You can opt out of any of that month's boxes, or you can pick your box. So they have one when you create your profile. You talk about your preferences, things that you like, and they tailor. They don't. They're they're not tailored to you. But based on your preferences, they pick the box that they think mo- from that month's options that most likely fits you. So are yours always just like uh, fried chicken and Cheetos? <laughs> if they sold fried chicken and Cheetos, I'd be buying it every month. <laughs> this month, the one that they recommended to me, I forget what the name of it was, but it was a nice little wooden serving tray, uh, uh, a decanter, and two tumbler glasses. It's $45 per box. Uh, there's extra add-ons that you can add to these boxes. They often offer free shipping on orders. They offer regular discounts on their boxes using their promo codes. Um, but it's a, a pretty diverse, like wh- I think a really well-curated list of box options. Uh, I've seen on there like lambskin driving gloves. I've seen on there uh, like canvas, um, canvas weekender bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one that was a bottle opener, a folding knife, a notebook, and a and a steel pen shaft. Uh, just a, a pretty diverse group of things for somebody who um, I don't think anyone's gonna be upset about duplicating any of the things on there. But an affordable gift that you can say, hey, you know, I I, I bought you your first box, pick the one you want, and then you don't ever have to buy a box again. Uh, a nice thoughtful gift that's saying, hey, I know that you like these types of things. I don't know exactly what you want, but this seems to fit your lifestyle and they seem to have something for for mostly anyone they've got tech stuff they've got outdoor stuff they've got them one of the ones a couple months ago was a was a a backpacking burner and some mountain house meals um so a a wide array of of things is it pretty easy to turn it off or unsubscribe from it if you want to yeah you uh as long as you get in there in the first three days you can just opt out of that box but they do free returns so So, even if you you forget you send it back and then you're you're not out anything right Right. That's always my concern with that, you know, like a Columbia House CD subscription. You wind up with, you know, you're getting sent to collections for $400 worth of CDs that you don't listen to. So you were convinced you paid one penny per CD for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get you. They get you. Yeah. What have you got? Well, the first one on my list is something we've both owned um, and, and both currently own, but it's a it's a pocket knife and it's not a tactical pocket knife it's probably an anti tactical pocket knife made by an american company case the, the case makes a ton of knives uh, pretty much any form factor you're into minus that the tactical form factor the one i like is the case case sodbuster junior it's it's a smaller size of their full size sodbuster it's easily pocketable um a, a, a small you know two i think it's a two and a half inch blade kind of a drop point uh rounded blade it's not a, a sticky it's not a stabby knife uh at all also not quite a skinner blade kind of a, a middle of the road drop point style blade i i have the yellow handled version it's like a yellow delrin or some sort of plastic material they're they're just cool knives they're made in the united states they're made by real human beings um they're obviously using machines but uh the the type of of knife that is not going to be high precision this is not cad drawn out um someone made this thing on a wheel they've grinded it on a wheel i i like it with the chrome vanadium or the carbon steel blade 
different. It, it's different than I think what you're going to find at, at, at Dick's or, or Cabela's or something. They're really beautiful. They, they look like grandpa's knife. Mm-hmm. They absolutely do. And they, they have a whole variety of color options for, for grips. They're, I think they have they have like antler grips and yeah they've got all kinds of different colored plastics they've got um, different different texturing on them but they really are just super classic timeless looking pocket knives that I think any really anyone would appreciate they're they're simple that you're not gonna no one's feelings are hurt if they get lost because nope. they're super affordable um, but they absolutely are are the right tool for a job. Yeah, and for me, the job is just about anything where I don't need to. So, no locking blade, uh, no no sort of flippy action. So this yeah, is no a thumb stud, a classic slip joint thumb, uh, you know, you know nail nail nick knife. It, mm-hmm. It's slow to open, slow to close. If you're wrenching on something, it, it it might close and cut your hand off. But just your fingers, right? <laughs> the things you need. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm I'm not using a knife to to do heavy duty objects by and large. You know, I'm using it for opening a freaking box or um, you know cutting a chunk of rope or something. And for that, it's perfect. It is uh, does everything I need on, on a day to day basis. So if I need something more serious than that, I have options. I have yeah, I have knives for that purpose. I have I have tools for. For each of their applications, and this case blade is a perfect everyday carry, almost always in my pocket, useful tool for everyday life. I don't need my bench made in my pocket every day. That's that's too much for everyday application in my normal day to day life. I just don't need it. And, and there's something sexy about it that a bench made that, that a bench made isn't. Uh, and Benchmade is is a very cool knife, something I I wouldn't mind having every day. But there's something traditional, timeless, classic uh, that the case has th- that a Benchmade doesn't. You're right. So yeah, you can get those at you know on Amazon is where I've bought I've bought all mine. Uh, you can buy them direct from Case, although their website is terrible. Um, <laughs> I was just when was the last time you were on it? Uh, not too long ago. Uh, maybe three or four months ago i was on it recently it's they've they've gotten some upgrades okay it's pretty functional now even mobile mobile functionality is big all right all right well that that sounds like an improvement so good good on you case uh but you know for the standard sodbuster junior the yellow handled version i think i've paid 25 or 30 dollars for that two times now um i don't think there's a i i think it's probably the best knife purchase i've ever made at that price absolutely yeah what do you got next since we're talking knives, the Benchmade guided field sharpener at 40 money. What I like most about this is it's small. It's relatively inexpensive. It's easy to throw in a bag. It can go in the drawer. The The best feature of it is the sharpening guide. There is a little, um, there's a guide on the end of the sharpener. It's uh, it's designed to set it the, at the angle that Benchmade uh, sharpens their blades at. And you set your blade on that guide and you run it the length of the sharpener. And then you go to the other side. There's another guide. Every every sharpening edge on this tool 
has a guide at the beginning of it. So you don't have to go through that, put your put your knife at 90 degrees against the sharpener and then roll back. or Half it and half it. Or go flat and then work up until you feel the catch. Yeah. It's just, it's right there. It's the right angle to be sharpening those blades at. You run it on the sharpener. And one of the nice things about this is that on the opposite side, there is a ceramic cylinder that also has a guide that's designed for sharpening serrations on your blades on your combo blade or whatever on a a combo blade or on just a serrated knife which is a a nice a really nice feature uh it's affordable and and right because my serrated blades when they get dull i just throw them away yeah they go they or they just don't get used (laughs) and i don't i or i I send it back to benchmade in the case of the my combo griptilian yeah and it's it's an it's a nice tool to have i think uh a lot of a lot of knives don't get the the sharpening that they that they deserve um because people forget they don't want to. I mean, I was uncomfortable sharpening my knives for a long time and I had a bunch of dull knives and then I finally sat down one afternoon and hit the YouTube and learned to do it right. And and now it's just kind of part of my monthly routine. I, I pull all of my blades out. I give them a sharpen and it's, I, I want one of these because uh, I want something that I can throw in my pack to, to get that right guided angle on it. So there's no concern about am I, Am I getting this right, or am I messing up that edge? And when you're when you're in the field and you want a sharp blade and you don't have it, it's really I just have a I just crushing. have a stone uh, that I keep in my pack um, that's well worn. But um, this is a this is a much better option than what much I better. Yeah, have. no, I agree. Um, and I like it's it's an inexpensive it's a it's a nice little geardo thing that I, I think most people could benefit from owning. I want one. Well, I'm, I'm gonna get one. I think. I'm, maybe I'll put it on my Christmas list. Possible. Yeah, it's a good idea. So, I'll just I'll just clean it up with knives here. I think this is our last knife related item. Um, but the other one I have, I think this is such a great gift. Dexter Russell is a is an American knife company, and they make a line of knives that is found in probably ninety percent of commercial kitchens. Uh, around the United States, but their Sani Safe line—it's mm, yeah. a, it, a plastic handled. Um, they call it Sani Safe. I think it's some sort of sanitary application. Um, but their eight Dexter Russell Sani Safe eight-inch chef knife is m- probably the number one most used tool in my house. I've got both the Dexter Russell version. I've also got the Victorinox Fibrox. I've got a ten-inch chef knife mm-hmm. from Victorinox. These blades are um fit the same exact um price point function uh feel i I mean they're almost indistinguishable i prefer the sandy safe i like the feel of the handle material better um i've got a 10 inch fibrox and an 8 inch sandy safe and that might make some difference Uh, i like the 8 inch the versatility of an 8 inch chef knife but for like 25 bucks 30 bucks you can buy one of these things on Amazon, and it's as good as it's as good a tool for what I how I use it as the Mac mm-hmm. chef knife that I had in the past. Um, as some of these higher end blades, it's they're super easy to get a, a, an edge on. They're very easy to sharpen. It's not a, a full tang blade. I know everybody wants a full tang blade. These are are buried are buried blades. They're buried into a plastic handle. Um, which is part of the reason why they're so cheap, but you can, you know, that plastic handle though, adds the weight that you want. Yeah. They're, they're pretty well balanced. The blade is really thin, which I like in a chef knife. It's not, it's not 
so thin that it's whippy. Not it's... like Miracle Blade whippy, where they're so sh- they're sharp always because they're so thin they can't ever get unsharp. <laughs> right. No, like you just paper cut all your meat. No, I, I mean it's it's a it, it's a substantial blade, but without being you, you know they're the they're very light. They feel great in the hand. Uh, and you know, if, if they wind up in the dishwasher, if you've got a wife like mine who is inclined to put shit in the dishwasher, uh, it, it's fine. You, you know, and what's the worst that happens? Um, I actually don't know what could happen to that knife in the dishwasher that I'm going to feel bad about. Um, you, you know, I know it's not great for the edge. I know the detergents are, are not great for the steel, but it's stainless. Uh, I sharpen it so frequently anyway that it's not bothering me. Um, yeah, gosh, I think it's great. I, I for a gift for a for someone who cooks, you, you know, even if they've got a much nicer blade, it's a twenty five dollar second blade to have in your kitchen. Get a chef knife. Don't get anything weird. I mean, maybe a Santoku if someone wants that. But I love my Santoku. It, yeah, well, it, but it's got a pretty specific application. That that's right. And if you know what to do with the Santoku, you know, the nice thing about both a chef knife and a Santoku is you can do anything. You can do anything with those two blades. They you you do them a little differently, right? You mm-hmm. hold them a little differently. The way you uh, the way you touch the thing you're cutting is a little different. But by and large, if you you learn how to use either one of those knives, there's almost no kitchen cutting task that you can't do with them, um, short of like cutting through bone or something. Um, but I carve all my meat. I cut all my vegetables. I I, I do prep. A- anything that I do in the kitchen, I can do with an eight inch chef knife. That's my primary primary blade too. I I have an eight inch, not a not the same brand that you have, but that that knife gets more use than anything else that's on my on my um, on my magnet strip. Uh, the size of an eight inch, I think, is really great. It, there, it's just such a convenient size. It's it's long enough to cut through most pieces of meat, uh, most vegetables, but short enough that it feels really uh, versatile and mm-hmm. uh, not not quite a paring knife. But but you can do paring knife functions with it. So I yeah I have a paring knife up there that I rarely use. It's the the eight inch chef's knife comes down. I've yet to come across something that I that I felt like I didn't have enough knife. I, I think that's just a terrific size for a chef's knife. You know this isn't on my list, but another one is Dexter Russell the Sandy Safe paring knives. Mm-hmm. Those things are like six bucks. If you go to your kitchen store, they're gonna have them in a little plastic bin. They're like uh, impulse buy <laughs> items. You can get stock for stocking stuffer. That's such a good stocking stuffer. It really is. Yeah. The, the steel on them is great. Um, you, you know, we've used those in the past as steak knives because oh. instead of a serrated blade, which I hate a serrated blade on, on steak, I, I always use a, a flat blade on steak because it doesn't tear the fibers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can, you can, for like 50 bucks, you can buy enough of those to have all your friends over and use that as a steak knife. It's not fancy. They don't feel fancy when you hold them, but they do the job as well as anything out there. They're, they sharpen up super quick. You can run them on a steel if you're using those once a week, I would wager that you could steal those and have them be perfectly sharp for three months, three to six months, um, without actually getting your stone out and sharpening them. So probably yeah. so, yeah, yeah. Are we gonna just talk about knives? I love uh, it knives. It seems that way. <laughs> Let's have the knife episode. <coughs> I think you've got some stuff on your list that's not knives. I do. So we'll move. We can move into watch stuff. Oh yeah, a toxic NATO. What a perfect gift for a watch person or even a non-watch person who has a watch it i i love the toxic the, the shiznit that i have i've worn it a ton and it's super comfortable it's a really thoughtful gift i think because it's it's not cheap nor is it expensive and it's something that is 
going to be really appreciated. Something that is going to get a lot of use, a lot of wear. Um, I know I'd love to see a toxic under the tree. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that's uh, such a cool uh, thing to, to buy someone as a gift because everyone likes a NATO. I think the two questions that would come up to me are what size and if you know which watch they're likely to wear it on, that, that helps. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're not buying it for them for a specific watch. So one, what size? And two, what color? If you don't know, what color do you buy them? Admiralty Gray. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's great. I, I mean, I think black is another great option too. Just jet black, not a bond or bond or anything. I, I think if they want a bond, they'll buy one. But I think those two colors, Admiralty Gray, I think is choice one for sure. Mm-hmm. Choice two for me would be black. And in fact, I'd probably prefer black because I've got so many gray straps, at the, gray nados at this point. I already have a gray shiznit, so yeah. Okay, black is probably right for me. Okay, yeah. so when I buy your Christmas gift. I think he's got like an OD. I think I, could, I think that might. Mm-hmm. But I don't, we we decided that doesn't look good on the Mako. That's my only twenty two. So I think OD could work on the NATO. We, we I think if it was if it was refined, softer, enough. maybe. Yeah. What size? Twenty two. Twenty two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I'm inclined to say twenty because I have so much more, so much more option for that to to wear it on on everyday watches. You know. That's funny. I, I ordered a 22 millimeter strap this last week, and I realized what, after I ordered it, <laughs> I was talking to this about Kim. She's kind of annoyed with me. Uh, but I realized after I ordered it, I don't know what I'm going to wear it on. The colors don't really work with any of my 22 millimeter watches. I'm like what? I I guess I'll wear it on my SKX. It's the it's it's. I a... get rid of the jangly SKX bracelet. Well, you, you know, I'll still keep that. Uh, but but maybe a little bit of versatility. The colors are interesting. It's sort of a faded gray blue five stripe hmm. uh, NATO. I think the other the other watch I might wear it on is my Casio AMW three twenty. The color the blue won't work with the teal on my on my Vostok. So I either have to buy another watch. Oh shucks! <laughs> uh, you know I think actually the the navy or the blue Orient Defender. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up one of those, and I think it would look Ooh, yep killer on that. So the only problem is that Navy or in Defender comes on a bracelet that I kind of like. So we'll see. We'll see, man. Yeah, yeah. Versatility. That's but, all that matters. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> I, but I did order a strap that I have no clue what I'm gonna use it on. So yeah. wah, wah. all right. Shall we move on? I guess so. Yeah. The, so the one the one watch item I have here, uh, this I this is a watch I don't own. I don't think you own it. I don't, neither one of us has ever had this watch. But I think for the price, it's such a killer thought. Uh, Timex Waterbury. Yeah. The reference on this is TW2P64500ZA. Woo. So we'll put it in the show notes. Get your pens out. Write it down. Or don't. Hopefully if you're driving, don't. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but we we have been uh, we have gotten some feedback that we use a little bit too many uh, nicknames uh, in the Timex Waterbury. There's so many watches that make up that uh, that make up that line. But this is a blue dialed domed acrylic crystal version of the Waterbury. Uh, the size on these is great. This one comes in just over eleven. It's about fifty six bucks on this guy. Um, well, I cheated, so you can cheat too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think it's a great option for someone in your life, maybe a non-watch person in your life who who you think would would benefit from a watch. And the reason this is going to be better than, say, an SNK 
mm-hmm. or something is because it's not an automatic, you know, I think, or, or a mechanical watch, you know, this is going to be a plug and play. It's never going to lose its time if they wear it one week and then don't, and, and then don't wear it for a week or a month or whatever. When they get ready to put it back on, it's still going to be keeping time. They're not going to have to fiddle with it. You know, they might have to reset the date or whatever, but it's still going to tell them what time it is, which for me is... I think an important thing to have in a, in a seldom wear. So if this person's not an everyday wearer, not someone who cares so much about watches that they want to have to set it when they put it on, I think that's a great option. There are other quartz options that would do the same thing. I like this one because it feels to me like a watch person's watch. It feels special uh, in a way that maybe an expedition or a weekender doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and a weekender, I, I love that. And in fact, I almost, I, I think these two are sort of a little bit interchangeable. The weekender is is a watch that everybody and their mother has. I think that the water bear is a little bit more special. It's yeah. It's a little bit off the beaten path. And that domed acrylic crystal is a game changer for me. Every time in the wild where I've seen a domed crystal on a watch, it catches my eye. That, that watch is special. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's special and I like it. So mm-hmm. for 56 bucks, someone in your life that, that might appreciate this or, you know, well, even if they're even if they are a watch person, you, you know, if I were to receive this as a watch person, I think, yeah, well, finally, I've been I've been looking at one of these. So, uh, great, great, great option. I think there it, it is a watch. So if you do want to get that person a watch, I think this is a great option for for well under hundred bucks. You, you know, this is maybe not something you're going to buy for, for a white elephant gift, but or or a secret Santa gift, you know. But but certainly it's something that you could buy someone that you care about a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a step up from like a Casio F91 where I, I showed it to somebody. They, they were asking about buying a, buying an inexpensive watch that fits their lifestyle, which is busy and hectic and filled with kids. And I was like, this is it. And they, and they laughed at it. And I was like, okay, well, um, it's 12 bucks. So fits everything you need. You, even if you destroy it, you're not going to feel bad about it because it was 12 bucks. Um I almost think you have to be a watch person to appreciate to really appreciate the F ninety one. I think if you're an uh, average run of the mill, thoughtful consumer, it's going to seem cheap and, and and janky. I love mine. I, no, but and we do. We appreciate it uh, yeah. as watch people. And, and you know, it, it's the type of thing that I think it's almost sort of you know it, it swings around the. It comes in the back door because it's so cheap. It's so light. It's so. Uh, shitty that it's cool yeah. it's so shitty that it's cool i i you know i'm holding yours right now is it a it's a plastic case right it's mm-hmm. a resin case even though it's silver it's silver toned yeah man th- these things are cool uh not something i've owned but something that i'd like to have the, putting a nato on it was a bit of a pain but it's on there now and, and it's on there right it's not mm-hmm. moving around oh it, no it doesn't slide on there oh yeah you can't even get that thing off did you have to set the it's not a spring bar. No, it's a pass-through bar. So it slides in and, and locks itself in place? Yeah. Cool. It's almost, almost like the way bracelet links uh, punch through one way. Is this like a 30? It says water resistant. Is it like a 30 meter? Or... Uh, I don't know. You wear it in the shower? I'd wear it in the shower, I think. I, I don't. I don't wear it in the shower. I, I have a routine. When I, get, when I get home, I typically take my watch off and put it down because I'll go to cooking. I'll go to dealing with the dogs. Like I'll go to just something that... Most of the watches I own, I'm not will, I'm not, I'm not emotionally prepared to subject them to it. And then when I go to bed, I go put it with, put it in its, in its case, not its case, but in, in my little watch storage area. And when I pull out my clothes, I pull out 
whatever I'm going to wear the next day. So You know, when I was a more casual watch wearer, I wore a watch 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never took it off. That was, that was what I wanted in a watch was I wanted something that I could put on and never take off. I did that with the Iron Man. I wore it for probably 300 consecutive days. Yeah, no, that and that's usually that's typically what I wore. I wore I wore that Iron Man. I wore the same Iron Man I think that you have for four years probably, and then and then a little later I wore a a, a Timex Easy Reader, which is it didn't feel small to me at the time. It's a diminutive case. I think it's 36 or 37 millimeters. Um, I wore that thing on leather 24 hours a day when the weather would get manky because it does you know if you wear that in the shower Mm -hmm. it eventually just deteriorates they're not using real high-end leathers um and it eventually just falls apart um and i'd put new leather on it and wear wear for another year uh without taking it off so everybody wears a watch different but i i think i suspect that f91w you could wear that thing in the shower probably and and not have an issue with it and when you did when you did eventually have an issue with it tragedy Go buy another one because that thing's going to be banged up anyway. So go get another one. Yeah. Well, now that we've checked another thing off of my list, I'll move into my last. Is the F91 on your list? It is. Why would it not be? What a good stocking stuffer. Uh, Yeah, that's right. I mean, I do think you run into that. I do think you run into that potential issue that your friend had, right? Uh, But if you get it for a watch person, no watch person is going to be disappointed by getting one of these. I actually bought it. I don't think it was an F91W. It was whatever the Casio's metal version. It's very similar mm-hmm. in feel, a little smaller, um, but it, they're they're actually steel cased. I got that for a Secret Santa white elephant uh, gift for a work party last last Christmas, and I could tell that nobody wanted it. And I thought, <laughs> man, that's such a cool thing. I'd I'm like ready that. to take it home. Yeah, yeah, but I could tell everybody's kind of like, oh, a Everett, we all know this is your gift, and B, nobody wants this, which is disappointing. That's a bummer. Want want my last item. What do you got? Alpaca socks. Alpaca socks. Yes, they are the most comfortable, fluffy, warm socks that I have ever worn, and you can get them anywhere from like twelve to thirty to fifty bucks. But as a as a gift. I think a lot of people kind of turn up their nose at getting socks for a gift, which I don't understand because I spend more time in socks a day than I do in bed a day. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and getting a pair of warm, comfortable, cozy socks is just terrific. And because it's it's a different type of wool than what most wools are, it, most wool socks are. It's a little bit unique. They're warm. They're cozy. They're just they're just such perfect socks. How do they they feel different than a lamb's wool? Just just slightly. Just a little like a little a little fluffier. I think is a is a decent adjective for it. Um, I absolutely love them. I think if if you're looking for that last that last gift to round it out, no one is going to be disappointed by alpaca wool socks. Are are any uh, any specific makers or or models that you've I. No, I've so I've had my hands on a on a few. I've owned a few. Um, I don't know of any that are review wise better than others. Um, I think if you just find some that are alpaca wool, you're gonna you're gonna you're in for a treat. So a buy them for yourself. B buy them for the person whose feet you love the most. The, the whole fam, Christmas jammies and alpaca socks for all. You, you know, I I am uh, I'm a big house shoe guy. I like slippers. But 
I'll, I'll say sometimes I really like the versatility of being able to throw on a pair of wool socks and wear them around the house because they're warm, typically, mm-hmm. in, you know, and you can, and if I need to go outside, I can stick my feet in my Birkenstocks um, and run out to take the garbage out without having to change shoes, you, you know, yeah. versus if you're wearing uh, house shoes or slippers. Um, you got to kick one pair off and the next one. I keep a pair of neoprene boots by the back door for that very purpose because I typically just wear wool socks at the house. If I have to go out back, just drop into my into my boots and I'm out. I've got a pair of uh, Birkenstock. I think they're the Bostons. They've got the closed toe. Mm-hmm. They're slides, but they've got that closed toe, so I can go out when it's raining and, and my toes stay dry. Keep your tootsies dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I've uh, I've got well, I've got two uh, two items here. Um, one of these. This is a, a brand I just learned about this last week from a fellow we actually there's a local watch guy shout out xander uh what's up man what's up man we i was just bumbling around on craigslist as you do uh, not too long ago and i saw eugene's a tiny town it's i think it's maybe two hundred thousand people if school's in session and um you, you know we've got like a big festival or something also going on so yeah. <laughs> it, it's pretty small town so there's not a big watch community here. There's no watch stores. There's there's a well, there are a couple small watch stores, but um, no real watch presence here. And I saw on Craigslist a local person selling a modded SKX, uh, and it had a 12 hour bezel on it. Uh, you know, DLW bezel, I think, or maybe a, a loomed. Uh, I think it was a loomed loomed ceramic mm-hmm. insert. One of the two, uh, and I was like this dude's got to be a, a watch dude and, and reached out to him. Well, uh, we wound up hooking up and he to- told us, he was telling us about this brand, Kara's Customs, Kara with a K, Custom with a K. They make a pens. Mm-hmm. They make pens. Um, and, and one of the watches that I found online is this Kara's Custom Retract. It's a machined retract also with a K, believe it or not. It's a machined aluminum pen. They take Pilot G2 inserts. The best insert which i know you love i i prefer the the high-tech c inserts but okay. you, you know r- r- similar just as do do slightly different things but it's a it's a retractable pen machined aluminum insert it's it's obviously really well crafted and for 50 bucks if you've got someone in your life that would dig on that kind of thing i i don't think you can i don't think you can lose um it's got sort of EDC written all over it. It does. It's got a little bit of knurling up at the up at the top of the top of the pen. The the point is really well machined. You know, essentially what you're gonna get is a G two, which everybody loves. Um with a more stylish and better housing that keeps you keeps your pen protected because your your G two can vanish. And you don't know who took it. Right. But you know who took this pen. You're gonna. There's only one of these in your office. Well, and and on the other side of that, obviously, is if you lose this, it's gonna hurt a lot more than if you lose a two dollar certainly G two. But uh, yeah, man, I think this is cool. The one I've pulled up, you can get it on Jet Pens. Jet Pens. If you if you haven't checked out Jet Pens, that's the store. I think Jet Pens is the marketplace for the pen addict. Is that mm. you familiar? Vaguely. Pen Addict is a fellow who sort of, I'm going to say the early days of the internet, that's not accurate at all, but but the early days of sort of EDC, internet EDC world, Pen Addict started just a blog, I think, where he was talking about 
pilot high tech seas and, and other pins he liked and i think it's turned into a full featured business at, at this point so um but yeah they they've got this on here for 50 bucks it's just a cool looking pen uh, i actually think i'm gonna pick one of these up or put it on my christmas list see if i get it you can drop all, all these different inserts in it so if you don't like the way the 0.5 works or if you don't you know if you want a 0.7 or a one point i think you could probably drop those in here i'm not sure the one the one would be too big i think maybe the barrel on that is too big <clears throat> mm-hmm. well your, your mileage may vary super cool i love it yeah yeah a win who doesn't like pens win what else you know the only other one i have and and this is something i know you have uh maybe not this brand but we both use these all day every day this is a power bank mm-hmm. um and and, and I, in particular, like the power banks from Anchor. Anchor mm. is a company. I have an Anchor. You do have an Anchor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me, me too. It's old. It's probably five, six years old, but it's still kicking. I think mine's mine's about three years old. There, there's several iterations of this same power bank um, that have come out since I got mine. But it's still same, same, still kicking. The build quality on Anchor is solid. You know, there's a bunch of companies that make this stuff. I think everything from really crappy Chinese stuff to you know, sort of a high-end, indestructible, waterproof, shockproof. I mean, they they can get pretty detail-oriented with them. And I think in the middle, there's this uh, set of companies that you probably would recognize the name. You're going to find them at Best Buy. You're going to find them at the, the mall stores or the stores at the airport that are making products that are probably 20 to 50% more expensive than Anchor are less good, less well-built, um, and, and probably function, don't function quite as well as Anchor. You, you, you know, the Wire Cutter is a website that I really like, and they test these things, and they regularly find that Anchors perform as good or better than, than the more expensive counterparts. Than the more expensive counterparts. The build quality on mine is fantastic. You pick it up, it's got a, sort of a rubberized feel, but it just feels solid you know sometimes you pick up an electronic and you can feel the the dead space inside of it and your fingers between it like through the housing on either side right right you know even if it's not even if it's not flexible you can just tell this thing's empty these things are packed full they're solid feeling you you know i'm i drop it i'm not scared that it's breaking uh it just feels solid and well put together it always works it charges my phone super fast and and i in particular pick this twenty thousand ma or milliamp hour version for mine that charges a big iphone 7 plus is what i have i think five or six times um all the way through so you can use it for a week maybe for for just refreshing your phone charge or whatever in the middle of the day Uh, maybe two weeks i mean the 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 power on these things lasts forever i've taken these things on vacation before and used almost exclusively that to charge my phone for the entire vacation. In fact, when I went to NTC, um, I took that thing with me and and charged it in the middle. I found a big generator, unplugged it in, and got it back up to charge. But 20,000 ma charged once throughout my trip to NTC, got me through the entire... 28 days? 28 days at NTC. And that is... And I wasn't using my phone a lot, right? I had my mm. phone off a lot. Um in fact, the entire time when you're, you know, in the box, it's off. But still, I, I, I 
that's driving to and from NTC, which I don't remember, maybe it's 16 hour drive, uh, driving back all the sort of phone calls home and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 20,000 ma times two got me all the way through the trip. Never one time plugging into a wall. Uh, what a great thing. I, I love having them. I, I have, I have one, I don't remember the size of it cause I've had it so long, but it gets me four or five charges and out of, out of my phone. I think that's just a function of the age. It's just not, it's not the same bank that it was when I got it, but sure. Something that no one's going to regret having. And nope. if, even if they maybe don't have an application for it right up front, they'll, they'll realize that application for it, that, that opportunity to use it. And it will, it will become a, something they throw in their bag, in their briefcase, in their backpack daily. Yeah. Well, and you know, these, they, they all have quick charge now and, uh, quick charge 3.0 so if you've got a brand new phone i mean you're charging your phone from empty to full in a very short period 30 of time minutes. 30 yeah, minutes it's quick so if you're if you're on a drive home even without the quick charge you know the the two amp or whatever charging i can plug mine in on the way home or on, on after work if i'm going to a, a function or something if i'm in the car for 10 minutes it'll give me 20 30 percent uh which is enough you know if i'm on low to make me feel comfortable my phone's not gonna die yep so yeah Great. You got anything else? That wraps us up. That's Those are your gifts. Yeah. Think of nothing else. No. It's a good lineup. <laughs> I think so. What, what, what do you guys have? If, if you have any gifts that we missed or you know items that are $50, which make great stocking stuffer, I think that's one thing. We could have done, done more stocking stuffers, but next time. Next time. This next is year. for the people you really care about. Yeah, exactly. Mm. For the watch lover, Geardo... Geardo type person in your life geardo i like that one i'm a geardo well i I mean i think we pretty much the whole episode was other things we like i don't think we need to it was all other things we like yeah right i don't think we need to make any special time for that anything else that's it for me thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye on tremolo by kevin mcleod of incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 license